It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside former Packer Brian Balaga, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. can't do the show. Brian, you're going to have to talk the whole time. I can't I can't comprehend it. I am capable of comprehending it. My wife is yelling right now. Stop yelling. I have to yell. All right. I like Jordan Love. Jordan Love is an outstanding quarterback. That was the stupidest pass in the history of professional football. I don't believe that you can ever find a play done by a quarterback like that on first down. First down. You can't. You've never seen it. Red Favre may have thrown passes like that. He's never thrown one. Prove me wrong if you can. On first down with that much time left. Maybe with six seconds left. I got to ask him, what the hell was he thinking? He had to be confused on what down it was. Go ahead, finish. Just just how uncharacteristic. Yes. Like just so uncharacteristic of the way he's been playing and what he's doing. And it's almost it's it's almost like he blanked. It's like he yes. it, he he blanked, and instead of just doing the smart thing and just tossing it out of bounds and you know live to fight another day, he tries to force something in and and make something. See, you happen can't out believe it either. A, a bad high school quarterback wouldn't do that. Yeah, you know, on first yeah. down. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm I, I can't believe he did it. I can't believe I don't know I don't know what was going, you know, through the processing channels at the time. And you know um, what? That's what bothers me about the the missed field goal. Because I wanted to see Jordan Love again. I didn't care if they lost the game. I want to see him again to know that he's much better than that. That he could have come back and, you know, give him a chance in overtime and yeah. kicker misses the field goal and he doesn't get a chance to prove that. Yeah, I mean, listen, there, there's nobody who is going to be critiquing and criticizing and having um, more of frustration with himself on an entire team than Jordan Love. He goes into the offseason with a major chip on his shoulder, right? And obviously self-inflicted with that, with an interception. I understand it, but while I obviously wanted to see Jordan Love get a chance to Go back out there. Um, he has that to kind of let that fester through the offseason and let that drive him, let that motivate him. Uh, and that's, you know, obviously as fans and people who love the team and want to watch him play and, and be playing this weekend, kind of a little bit exciting that this guy goes into this offseason with that last play on his mind, on his plate, and that's what's pushing him through this offseason because – all the positives that he did, right? Everything that he did so well throughout the season. And it for him, it ends that way. Man, this guy's going to be driven. He is going to be driven. He's going to be motivated. And, you know, I get it. It sucks the way it ended. It, I mean, it, it does. But I'm looking at this thing from a glass half full perspective. And, and this is really going to drive this kid. No, I, I think the glass is half full. 
If I yeah. didn't think he was any good, I would just say, like, um, you can't be that surprised by what the field goal kicker did because he's been that bad. I mean, the, yep. the, I believe that somebody will check, and it, he might have had one of the worst field goal of the kicking seasons ever, given the standard of today and missing, you know, 13 kicks. And the only reason he's on the team is because the ones he missed mostly were extra points. If he had had that number of missed kicks with all field goals, he, w- he wouldn't be on the team. So extra, yeah. clearly extra points don't mean as much. But, you know, he missed four, well, kicked four, five. But, but again, they knew there was a gamble, um, yep. and they messed on the gamble. They had no idea. They had no idea. They wouldn't have thought it possible in 100 years that Jordan Love would do what he did on first down. No, no, it wasn't something that I'm sure LaFleur was expecting. I'm sure, like, I can assure you that probably mid-play, Jordan Love didn't think he was going to do that. He just did it. (laughs) And, like, that's that's the thing that, you know, from quarterback perspective, obviously I never played the position, but these guys, they're wired different. They, They, for the most part, and we've seen it from Jordan Love and the guy that I played with, they never saw a throw they couldn't make. And he obviously thought, you know, as he was looking back across the field, he saw something that he can do. And probably as the ball was leaving his hand, he went, oh, blank. And that's what and that's what it was. So, no, I, I would have never thought he would have done something like that. Expect like you like and you keep saying it, and it's so true on first down, like, you know, you could have lived to play another day and and just moved on to second down. But, you know, he did what he did and. You know, he's going to have to, like I said, he's going to have to live with that one and, and, and let that thing fester through the offseason and build on that. But, um, yeah, I mean, from the kicking standpoint, we talk, like I like I tweeted at you, we talked about this last week. And, and this was something that I said while everyone was getting on me on Twitter, oh, he's a rookie, this and that. Everyone's getting on me. And I just said, all right, like this thing, it, it, it's eventually going to come back and haunt him. It's gonna, and whether that's an extra point, whether that's a game tire, game winner, and here it is, and here it is, and now everyone wants to point out the statistics that he had through the season that it wasn't good and this and that. You could have saw that. I think what was the stat? He had missed a kick in the last six games or four or five games. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. It was crazy. Yep. It was crazy, and you know that you want to bl- blame the special teams coordinator. No, that, I, I don't understand what Pasachi is supposed to do to help the kid make kicks. Like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure I ever saw in the building where Mason Crosby's special teams coach, whoever that was at the time was standing over him, helping him teach him how to kick kicks. It, it was never happening. Like you as a kicker. And listen, I went through when Mason had his rough patch in 20, I think it was 2015 or thir- I forgot what year it was. He worked himself through it. And by the end of the season, he was kicking the ball good, but like, you have to look at yourself and figure that out, whether that's a kicker or an offensive lineman or a quarterback. You've got to pull yourself out of that slump. It can't continue to happen and happen and happen. And obviously, Green Bay invested a draft pick in him. He's got a strong leg. I get, you know, his brother's a really good kicker. But listen, my brother was really good at day trading in Chicago. That doesn't mean <laughs> I could do it. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't mean I'd be good at it, too. So, like, it's just a bunch of, you know, I, that part of it, like, and listen, it wasn't just the kick, right? There were other small things that happened. Well, I want to emphasize, I don't believe the kick cost them the game. No. What it cost no. them was a chance 
Okay, if yep. he makes the kick, they have to play overtime at worst. Yes. And that means that Jordan Love gets a chance to prove that his quite possibly the worst pass ever thrown on a first down in NFL history. And if there are other ones as bad, let me know. Uh, they'll go on Twitter. That's fine. Uh, a chance to yep. make up or to prove that that was a fluke and uh, something weird and rare. And he doesn't get that chance uh, because of, uh, of the misfuel. And then, you know, the defense didn't stop him. But it wasn't uh, the defense. I don't know if you can say they were okay when they gave up the touchdown. I They weren't okay, but... They were. I mean, uh, I mean, it was a it was an impressive drive, but they you know they made some defensive plays. It wasn't that easy. And part of that problem is then it took so long that that took the time off. But yeah, anyway, I mean, it wasn't. I, no, the yeah. kicker did not cost them the game. Uh, if I have to pick anything that cost them the game, it was Jordan Love's play in the probably the last quarter or something like that. But even that wasn't. There was nothing this horrific. And I have a very strong opinion about. I'm not blaming the game on things that happened in the first quarter. You have three quarters to make up for what happened there. Uh, yep. When the kicker misses the kick, how much time do you got to make up? And the answer is, you know, very little. And so those, to me, it becomes more important the later it is in the game. I don't know how you how you feel about where whether where how important things are to why a team loses a game. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at things that happened in the first quarter, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm sure you're referencing the drop pick, right? Yep. That probably yeah. would have been a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that that that's a huge play that you know makes it ten nothing and completely changes the dynamic of the game at the time, right? At the time, um, I'm big about talking about momentum shifts in playoff games, and that would have been a huge um, momentum swing in Green Bay's favor. While Green Bay was already outplaying San Francisco at the time. Um, he gets that pick and takes it back. I mean, we're talking about that stadium is quiet. I mean, it is dead quiet if that happens. So, yeah, that, I mean, to me, that that's the one play. Like, you look at the kick, you look at the pick. Obviously, you want those back. But, like, if you look early on, that's the one that stands out to me because of the impact. It, w- it was points, right? Like, it was directly. Yeah, seven, seven points. Yeah, it's directly involved with points. So, um, but you're right. That happened early. You had three other quarters to make it right, right? Like, and and to score more points and to and to do these things. So, I never looked at what happened in the first quarter of a playoff game to be like, hey, that unless you did what Green Bay did to Dallas, and well, then obviously the game was over. But it's it's definitely the start of a momentum shift if you get if you kind of if you make these plays in the first quarter and you start to build on it and you start to give yourself a little bit of wiggle room against the, a team like the 49ers. So you knew eventually would, you know, find their way and start to claw back in it and make some plays. Um, you give yourself a little, little bit of a cushion. And that's why I look back on it. Like that was a big one for me. Um, but the game in the, like you look at the game as a whole and, you know, I watched it twice now. I, if you would have told me going into it, that Green Bay's offensive line and defensive line were going to control the fronts of the 49ers on both sides and they lose the game, I would have told you get lost. Like, you're out of your mind. Like, I would have said no. Like, that, that it's A, I didn't think it would happen, but B, 
if you would have said they're going to do that and lose, I would have never believed you. And that's that's what kind of when I watch this game kind of shocks me is that on both sides of the ball, they did a great job up front, like a great job. I've never seen the 49ers D line kind of get stymied like that all season when I've watched them. I mean, they, they did a really nice job on them. Even when Zach Tom leaves the game, Yash comes in, does a really nice job on Bosa. Like, I mean, and they ran, the, they were the better running football team between the two. Aaron Jones, I thought, was more effective in the run game. Obviously, McCaffrey had the big run for the touchdown. Like, I get that. But if you look at it, I thought Green Bay did more on the ground and controlled it more. And I, I just thought they were um, better, more consistent running lanes. Um, I thought in pass protection, Green Bay was really good. I thought Green Bay on defense got after Purdy, even though there were no sacks. I thought they put a lot of pressure on him. Um, these were things that weren't really thoughts in my head going into the game that Green Bay was going to control the line of scrimmage, and they did. So that's what sticks out to me in this game is that everything that you could have wanted against the 49ers, your team did, and you lost. And and that's what I think is going to haunt maybe the players short, you know, for a short term, but I think the coaching staff, like, man, we did – we went in this game, we wanted to control the ball, be physical, do X, Y, and Z, and they did it, and they just couldn't get it done. They and did everything the way they wanted to. Everything. Yeah. yeah. And that's why you look at those plays that, you know, happened in the first quarter, and then the field goal, and then the pick, those those little things. And obviously the pick's a big thing. I get that, right? Like, And the field goal's a big thing. But those things all add up at the end of this, and that's what you get. So – frustrating frustrating um and man just what could have been is the way I, like what could have been going to detroit like oh you know it makes me sick everybody believes that if they had won they're going to the super bowl everybody doesn't mean they're going to the super bowl but the way they played and already yeah. haven't beaten detroit once in detroit yeah, I'm like listen, I'm not saying that would have it would have gone the same way that it did in Detroit and Thanksgiving. That's the game would have been much different than that um in the NFC Championship. But you you definitely like your odds and you like the way your team's playing and you like their attitude and and you kind of like the little mental edge that you have on Detroit after they after they kick your butt up and down the field at Lambeau, you go into their house on Thanksgiving and just laying on them, you like that little mental edge that, hey, we got over that. We're a different team than you face. We think you're the same team. We're a different team. And that's kind of, you know, when, when you looked at that potential matchup, that's what made you like it so much. And it's a shame. You know what I mean? It's a shame we don't get to see that because, hey, that would have been exactly almost the way it lined up for when we won the Super Bowl in 2010, going to play the division winner in the NFC North for the NFC, in the NFC Championship. I mean, it was almost the same thing. Beat the one seed, go play the the NFC North uh, winner like we did with the Bears. They'd have been doing with the Lions. It was almost lining up too perfect, if you ask me. It would it would have been like the stars aligned. But um, I would have listen. If they would have gone to Detroit, I would have loved them in the game. I would have loved them. It would have it would have been a no brainer for me. And like I said, I, the way that they played San Francisco. I don't think anyone – I mean, obviously the Ravens that beat them, right? Like, they played them, obviously, the best out of anybody. But I don't think anyone played them better than Green Bay. 
You look at it all year. I mean, Green Bay played them perfect. And a, a couple of these things, when you go into a one seed in the playoffs and you don't execute perfectly, you lose these games by tight margins, and that's what happened. Keep you might you got forty five minutes left to go. <laughs> Quarter two with Brian Bulaga next. I thought we had a chance. This, of course, is the home round with Brian Bulaga. He's going to talk more than he ever has because I still haven't gotten over that pass. First down. No one has come, no one has come up with any pass first down late in the game. As stupid as that one, and it's said with the belief that Jordan Love is going to be really good, and the way he played the last eight games, I just want to let you know, I'll never understand it ever, unless he says he forgot what down it was, or as you said, you said basically the same thing, Brian. It's impossible to comprehend it given how smart and well he had played for, what, eight games? Yeah. But, um, yeah, like I said, like, I, I really think it was, like, a blackout-type moment. And it happens. And that happens, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and he saw something that he thought he could pull off, and he went with it. And you look at the decision-making that he's been making over the last eight weeks, and it's been – Pretty flawless, oh, right? Yeah. And you watched <laughs> the play twice. I want to. Yeah. There was nothing there. No, no, it was right. covered. It was covered, and you know that's why I'm like, man, I just wish you just would have dumped it out of bounds. And I'm sure that's what he thought the minute he let go of it. Yeah, that's probably what he thought. Um, but you know, at at the same time where we're we're looking at the play and we're like, why would he ever do that? I like the mentality. I like the mentality that he is aggressive now, right? We we were looking at him in the first half of the season, and I get this was reckless. It was reckless aggression. But, like, we looked at him early on in the season, like, this guy doesn't even want to take a shot. He doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to check it down. And now we're seeing a quarterback who believes in his arm and believes in the way he's been playing, and he's got confidence, and he feels that he can fit a ball anywhere. And you know what? I get it. Like I said, it was it was a bad decision, bad choice, especially the circumstances and the moment. But I want him to stay aggressive, and I hope it doesn't scar him that he doesn't stay aggressive. It, I I would I would be even more surprised than I'm about to pass if it scars him. I, well, I don't, I, listen, would, I, listen, I'm not saying it will or it won't, but like I'm saying it won't. You saying it? You saying it's I'm possible? Sa- I'm saying that those things. Uh, hang around in the back of your mind for a while. Do they? They they just do. Yeah. I mean, listen. Okay. If I get, if I have a bad game against a player, I'm thinking about it the next time I go see him. And for him, it's when he takes another snap and drops back to pass. Like it's something you think about. Obviously, once you get going again and and you're playing, you know you you lose tra- you lose that. That's gone. But you think about it. And that, like I said, he's got the whole off season well, now. I can help. To think him. about it. I can help him. Hey, Jordan. There's no chance you'll ever do anything that stupid the rest of your career. It's not possible. It's not possible. You think that's good? Yeah. Is that is that good or bad? Is that is you know, that what a know, coach would? Is that? Uh, I'm uh, not sure if that's. I'm not exactly sure if that's exactly what a coach would say. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's 
But it's probably something. I think that, that's what I believe. That's what yeah, I believe. I mean, yeah, that should I mean, be the listen. discount liquor Twitter poll question. Homer says Jordan Love will never make a play, a pass, as stupid as the one on first down late in the game. Yeah, and you know what? He may never make a, a decision like that again, but I'm never going to say He never. might make a throw on that on fourth down, on third yeah. and 12, like when the pat, the other interception, I think, was third and long. Um, yeah, he just threw that behind him. That yeah. was just a bad That was just a bad throw. That wasn't a decision. That was just a bad, bad throw. Um, but, yeah, you know what? Again, I don't think I don't think it it haunts him. I don't think it does that. I think he thinks about it for a while, and and when he gets back out into OTAs and he starts throwing again against live speed, I think it'll be something that he thinks about for a little bit. But once you get back into the groove of things and and you start going again, I think it's water under the bridge for him. And and obviously with everything that he's dealt with this year, from all the noise from the outside, from all the pressure of will he be able to you know, fill the shoes of Aaron Rodgers. He handles things pretty well, right? Like he's very to... well, I'd say better than pretty. I think he's, yeah. that's been one of his strengths. Yep. He, he handles things very well. By so... the way, I want to ask you this because I don't know. I, I, I think he remembers it forever. He thinks about it forever. Things and I, in my insignificant, no one cares about career. I, I there, I don't want to say I think about it every day, but like when I'm watching the Australian open now, I think, oh, man, I can't believe. But I don't know if – I think you, no, like, you remember it forever. You don't know when it's going to come up. It doesn't have any effect on anything, but it's not like you ever forget it. I don't know. Do you do do the worst points of your career? When they're, do, you, do, you, do you remember them? Do they, do they crop back up? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe not plays individually but games okay games do. sure yeah like like games do um 2011 against the giants seattle you'll never forget seattle. yep seattle I, uh arizona in arizona when they scored an overtime like just games like that definitely okay stick yeah. out right like and and you remember them you remember them like they happened yesterday you remember the the course of the game how it all went and the plays that happened like those are things that just stick with you. And and like you said, it's not like it has any bearing on you of your performance or how you play going into the future, but those things stick with you. And, and for him, which I'm hoping it does, it drives him forward, right? It yeah. motivates him. It, it, it puts that chip on his shoulder in which, like I said, and you said it, I said it, I think anyone that knows him would say it. Um, he, he, he handles things very well. Right, and he's able to compartmentalize. I can't even say the word. I'm I'm so fired Com- up. Compartmentalize. Yeah. Com- yes, you said it. Yes. He's a- he's able to do that very well, and and take things in, and kind of put them in the back of his head, use it as fuel, and and go forward. So, um, I think he's going to be fine, obviously, and I think you know, the future of the franchise is in very good hands. I think it's in very good hands. And uh, you remember when I told you earlier in the season? Of course. I remember everything you said. Every word. That Matt LaFleur is going to be around for a long time. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be around for a long time. He's going to be around for a long time because he's a good football coach. And he's got a good quarterback who can execute his game plan. Yep, exactly. I mean, this – yeah, maybe if Jordan Love doesn't work out, we don't know what happens to Matt LaFleur, right? We have no idea. But he's a good coach with potentially a great quarterback. And 
you know, you got a really good young roster, and the future is awfully bright. Now, this awfully is bright. this is weird for me to say, but the play by Jordan Love has no impact on my view of him as a player. In fact, my view of him as a player is what makes it so difficult to comprehend. And maybe it should change my view of him, but it doesn't. Yeah, no, I don't think of him any differently. Like, when I was watching it, it made me think no differently. I watch it again, I think no differently. We're talking about it. Doesn't make, like, I just, I think he is going to be a very special player. And I and I don't think that a play that he made, which, like we said, he's been pretty flawless the last eight weeks, that a single play makes me change my thought on him as a player or what he can do in the future. Like, listen, we can, we, we can, we can, Beat it to death. It was a bonehead play. I am going to beat it to death. I'm going to beat it it to three deaths. Yeah, like, it it was a bad play. Like, it was a bad decision. And I get it. Like, it it was, and he did it. And I I promise you, as he was releasing that ball, he wished he could, like, jump out of the air and swat it down himself. Like, well, I would ask you, and we would do a question if we had callers, but we don't have callers because you're better than any callers. Like, what play are you going to remember from this game? You remember only one. I know there'll be other thoughts, but I'll never. That it's as if there was no other play in the game, and not yeah. because it cost them the game. It did not, but because no. you know, if someone walked out there, if a quarterback walked out there naked, I would remember that more than any other play in the game, even if it wasn't <laughs> the most important. That's but this. I I I really hope. I really hope at some point he explains what he was thinking. All right, I took the snap and then just just yeah. for, just for old Homer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, when yeah. Jason is on, that's what I'm going to ask him. When Rob Demosky comes on, that's what I'm going to ask him. Please, please. And I don't I don't know if he should. Should he? You play. Should he just move on and not and not not answer Homer's question? What would you tell Jordan Love if you were his teammate? And you knew there was one reporter who's obsessed with just getting from him what actually went through his mind on that play. Yeah, I mean, I I think I would tell him, hey, kind of go through what your just go through what your thought process was. And at the end of the day, I mean, you, you know, there's really no excuse around it, right? Like, it, what happened happened. There's no excuse around it. You might as well just shoot it straight. Like honestly, like just shoot it straight. This is what happened. This is what I thought I saw. And I made a bad decision. And that's really the, the, the best way to approach it because you know he's going to be asked about it if he wasn't already asked about it. And I, I'm sure they had media today. If I had to guess during the locker clean-out session, media was probably He didn't in talk there. today, I don't think. I think he didn't. Oh, is he, is he like talking tomorrow or something? I don't presser know. Or, I mean, he'll probably talk at some point. Um, but he's going to have to answer, and if he doesn't talk now, he's going to have to talk. Yeah, the, the other option is, if I was, I'd say, just tell him I've moved on. You can. I've had this advice for people and the athletes all the time. Uh, Del Harris uh, taught me this when people would ask about trades, and he said, I- "I'm not talking about trades." He said, "You can say you can write whatever you want, and you can say I'm you can say I'm stupid, or you can make the stupidest, but and that's fine because I'm not participating in the discussion and." So then a new guy would come to cover the Bucks a couple years later. He'd go, hey, coach, what about the rumors of trades? And he'd turn to go, anybody want to tell him how it works? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. easily he could say that or anytime. I, you guys can say whatever you want. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. And uh, 
it was a what he said a mortal sin or a bad play, and you guys yeah. take it from there. And that's I can see how someone would do that as well. And I think more often than they do it, they should do that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get a little bit too um, too detailed, and then more questions come off that than you potentially get frustrated. Right, and then you the have a news. And... Then you have a second story that can be bigger sometimes than the first story. Yeah. Um, and yep. you know, if you say it nice and you accept the fact that, Hey, I understand what's possibly going to be said or written and I'll take all of that. I'm just not, yeah. I'm not part of it. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see which way he approaches yeah. it. I mean, he, I mean, he said it in the locker room. He said it, it's a mortal quarterback, mortal yes. sin. I mean, that's he said why it. I wanted to be there with a follow-up. Yes. <laughs> just tell us what you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. mean, I, again, right. probably in the moment, he had no idea. That's probably the best. I, I don't know. I, I, and, and I, but see, if you said that, I wouldn't buy it because you're too smart a player and he's too smart a player to never. I don't believe there's any point in a game in which you aren't thinking something or he's not thinking something. Am I right about you? Yeah. I mean, normally I had a pretty good idea of what I was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I normally had a, a fairly good idea of what I, I was don't believe to you blacked out at any point in the entire NFL career. But we'll get an answer for that and see what the answer is next third quarter. For years, I've called them Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits and top-notch service, and I'm sorry I neglected. Over 50 years, family-owned for 50 years, that's how things so complicated can be so easy for them and benefit you. Confusing insurance decisions, not when you've done it well for over 50 years. Level-funded health insurance, yeah, you come up with that when you've been doing it for over 50 years. So, Saganiac Planning, a name synonymous with employee benefits, top-notch service, and doing it locally and well for over 50 years. A phone number you can remember, Saganiac Planning, 262-783, Roger Maris, Roger Maris, 6161. The home arrived with Brian Bulaga. I'm not asking him to make me feel better. It's not possible. Uh, it's a weird feeling to be so shocked at something that occurred and then still not lose any confidence in the person that did it. I don't want any phone calls, but this is not my hour. It's Brian Bulaga's. He says, I want to hear from fans. So, Mark in Cedarburg, you're on with future Packer Hall of Fame Brian Bulaga. You're not in yet, right? Not yet, Okay, no. all right. Nope. You didn't say not yet. I said not yet. You're too kind to say that. Guaranteed, certified, 105% chance, Packer Hall of Famer in the future, Brian Bulaga. Take it away, Mark. Hey, Homer. How you doing? Hi, I'm, Brian. I'm doing okay. I just, I just have a quick question. Um, if you watched the Buffalo Bills last night, uh, Josh Allen is a veteran quarterback, and he made a lot more boneheaded plays than Jordan Love did. And it was one play that you're getting, you're giving him a hard time on. Um, I think Jordan Love is going to be better than Josh Allen. That's my opinion. Yes, he made a he made a goofy play last, you know, in that in that last second, but um, he's got so much more potential. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I haven't changed. I don't. Uh, will he be better than Josh Allen? I thought late in the game, Brian. Since this was for Brian, I thought on that last drive there were a couple of open receivers, and he went long, and he didn't need to. They could have easily got in, and uh, and they needed to score because 
uh, Mahomes was going to get the ball back, and they had moved the ball pretty much the entire game, unlike Buffalo was slowed down. I was really disappointed in Josh Allen that last drive with a couple of receivers that were open that he missed that would have gotten first down. So they they could have easily seems a little strong, easily scored. Brian, did you watch it? I did, yeah. And, you know, kind of answer Mark's question, like, you know, we're talking about Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's been making kind of these questionable decisions all season, right? Like, this has been something that he is known for, turning it over, making questionable decisions and all that. Jordan Love doesn't do that. So when he does make a questionable decision like that, obviously it raises questions. I I don't think it's – I don't think it's you or anyone picking on him for, you know, make the throwing the pick. I don't think it's like we're bashing him or getting down on him. We're just questioning, you know, kind of what he, what he was thinking at the time. And cause like, obviously Josh Allen does that a bunch, like all the good that comes with Josh Allen, there's some bad that comes with it too. And obviously the highest turnovers and all that, like Jordan, and like re- Jordan love though, Josh Allen have been really good with the last six games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is really defense. good. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Josh Allen is a all-pro quarterback. I mean, that's what he is. He's he's a stud. Um, but we're just not used to seeing uh, Jordan Love make those types of throws and decisions. That's yeah. that's really all this is pointing out. I don't think this is a – at least for me, I, I know for sure I'm not down on Jordan Love or, or really saying that one play throughout the game ruined his entire you know season. I'm not saying that. I, we just – you know, look at the decision that was made in the time of the game with what everything that was going on, the time he had left, what down it was, and we just question it. That's and all it how is. well he had played. It wasn't that he had just played well. I think he had one interception. In the last, I don't know, eight games, I don't think you can find any play close to where he went. The heck was he thinking? And this is, yeah. it was in a big time. I... I mean, everybody's answer is, and I can't address that, you can, that, you know, the pressure of the situation in the playoffs. I just, I don't buy that because I think in the end, you get into the game and you're involved in the game and that you've been in that situation. I don't, maybe, maybe you do feel more pressure. I can, I could see that you could into the game, but very early in the game, it was clear to anybody on the Packers, we can beat these teams. We, oh, yeah. we, we don't need to get lucky. We don't need, we don't need to do, we don't need to be anything but us to win this game. Yeah, I don't think it was pressure or the moment. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think, like well, I guess, it was a lapse of judgment, bad decision. Like, I mean, we, I mean, I don't know how many other times or any other way I can put it. Like, it, I don't think the moment was too big for him because, like you said, like you said, we would have seen that from the jump. That would have been something that you would have seen in the jump against San Francisco. You would have seen it specifically early on in the Dallas game. Like, mm-hmm. those are things that have, you would have already seen, and there was no sign of that whatsoever. He acted like he'd been there before, and he'd been there for a long time. So And he missed some passes in the fourth quarter, but they got the ball in the 25. He threw to Dobbs for eight. Then on third and two, he got it to Musgrave. So, you know, they'd, they'd gotten the first down. It wasn't like it was three and out. That's, that's I just add to more ammunition that goes, the guy was fine on on uh, on the second place, second and two. There was tough coverage, so he, all right, let's complete a couple passes. All right, we got a first down. And you have said that, and Tausch has, when you have those late in game, got to get something. That first first down is so important. That first play. Yep, 
first play, get the first first down, and then things just kind of roll, right? Like you're just rolling. I'm asking you. Um, I don't. I'm just going no, with what that, you've said. No, that is what it is. You're on the road. You're in these late games. I mean, even at home, but mostly when you're on the road, the crowd's going nuts. You get that first first down, and it kind of calms everything down. Calms down. Calms down your offense. Calms down the guys. Uh, on your side of the ball, and, and everyone just kind of settles into a normal drive, a two-minute drive. And, and that's why it was so important, which is, again, why we're saying it was so odd that he made the decision. I'm not, I, like, I'm not judging him on the one play. We're just discussing how it was an odd decision, and that's what it is. And when Brian Gulaga agrees with me, I'm going to let him do all the talking. The fourth quarter, and we have two discount liquor Twitter poll questions, which are done not to attempt to change anybody's opinion, but to find out what people think and to see what the vote is from Dr. Football. Brian Bulaga, next. Welcome back to the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. It is the fourth quarter, the Homer Hour with... The doctor of football. I thought he might actually watch this game three times, but maybe that would be too painful. Can't wait for the first game when Brian Bulaga says, Homer, for the first time I watched it three times. All right, they just got like a Twitter poll question. You ready, Doc? Ready, Doc? If the Packers had beaten the 49ers, would Green Bay have beaten the Lions in the NFC Championship game? Yes or no? Yes. Uh, I agree with that. 84% say yes and 16% say no. The second question, Homer says Jordan Love will never make a decision like he did on the final interception on first down at the game against the 49ers. Agree or disagree? Now, there's there's some complexity to that question because do I think he will make another bad decision in this time being the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Yes, I do believe he will make another bad decision in his time as sure. a quarterback. Every All of them do. Do I think he makes one in a situation like that again? No, I don't. I don't think he will. You agree. 46% agree and 54% disagree. Um, That disappoints me a little bit. But, uh, again, that's why I ask it because I want to know what people think there. Maybe maybe they're looking at it from the way I presented it the first time. No, they're just a little tougher on Jordan Love. To take my position or the position you have – that that means we really believe in Jordan Love. Like this is a uh, in some uh, fluke or uh, the words that you use, and I'm not sure everybody believes in him as much as uh, you and I do. And so I'm not. I can see that. Sean, you're on with the Doctor of Football, Brian Bulaga. Let's get in one more call. Great, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Doctor. Uh, question: Have we seen the last of David Bakhtiari as a Green Bay Packer, and will he ever recover from that injury moving forward? Mm, yeah, this is this is a tough question, and it all obviously bases on the second part of your question: Will will he recover? Obviously, the surgery he had—it um, was an intricate surgery to do some things to get that knee healed up. How he bounces back and how he recovers from that kind of answers your first question. Now, do we see him as a Green Bay Packer again? Man, I'm I'm 50-50 on it. I mean, for for me as a, a fan of David Bakhtiari and as a friend, I hope yes. 
Like, I hope yes. I hope that. I would think they, he's got to be more excited about coming back to Green Bay, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. And, and I hope, um, at least for me selfishly, that they're able to work out a contract situation that's beneficial for the team, um, that Dave is comfortable staying on, and, and if he recovers and plays. Because if you look at it from, you know, a, a pure football point of view, if you get a healthy David, David Bakhtiari back, and put him in front of Jordan Love, and you're not paying him the the huge premium price tag that an all-pro left tackle gets unless he plays X amount of snaps or whatever it is they figure out, that's a win for the team, right? Like, that's a win. Dave, Dave then plays on kind of a prove-it-year contract uh, that his knee's good and that he's back to playing. The Packers get great left tackle play. Um, Jordan Love gets the left tackle. Not saying that Walker was – Bad. I'm not saying that, but you get David Bakhtiari, there's a different level, right? I mean, we're talking about a different level player. Um, and then, you know, we'll, then how that works out after that for Dave and the Packers, who knows? But then the other side of me, I look at it as the football business. And do the Packers um, want to take that risk again? Do do they do they want? And then does on Dave's side, does he want to take that type of contract with um huge incentive based and and risk it so i'm not sure how it plays out i'm 50 50 on it i'm hoping he's back um selfishly not just because like i said i'm a fan and a friend because i think david bakhtiari when healthy is an all pro left tackle. am i overselling the belief that he would be much more excited to come back with the packers as a result of how they played this season no, I don't. I mean, I think you're in line. I think you're in line with it. I think he saw um, the potential of this team, the excitement, the development of Jordan Love and, and these weapons. And he probably looks at it as I can slot right in here next to my buddy Elton Jenkins and, and we can solidify a left side and, and give these guys even more opportunities. And I think that's, if I'm him, that's the way I'm looking at it, at least from the football point of view. Obviously, the business side is two, we're talking two different things, but from a standpoint of wanting to be on this team and play for this team and this quarterback, yeah, for sure. I'd be fired up about it. All right, Zach, Tom uh, got hurt, and we always get your uh, thought on the offensive line and how they played against this very good San Francisco defense. Yeah, I thought they played really good. I thought they played really good. Um, Aaron Jones ran the ball well. They created lanes against the front that doesn't really give up much on the ground at all. Uh, no sacks, few pressures. Um, it's about as good as you can ask for, right? And even like I said earlier in the show, Zach Tom got hurt. Yash came in and he did a did a good job. So, um, hats off, hats off to that group up front. I, I, I was, you know, really um, excited the way they were playing and, and and watching them. I thought they did a nice job. Probably no one thought they'd play that well going in there um, against that defensive line, and they did. Uh, they gave the team every chance um, possible in their power up front to win that football game. And that's that's all you can ask for when you go up against a defense like that is that the, the front five uh, give you a chance to to run the football and have give the quarterback time to to make his reads and throw, and, and, and they did that. Before, you had talked about being physical at a level necessary to play and beat the 49ers. How early in the game did you say, oh, they got that covered? First drive. That early? First drive. 
First drive, they they were running the football. They were physical up yeah, front. There they ran no, there, six times in a row, by the way. Yep, exactly. They Six times in a row, good runs. They were solid in pass protection when they did throw it on that first drive. You can just you can tell when a line is ready to go. You can tell these guys came to play. They're, they're playing physical. They're coming off the football. Um, they're doing everything right. Did it right, disappoint so. you to make a field goal? And I asked that not in the sense of you'd rather have seven, but did it make you think any less about how physical they were playing, or it was fine? They got three. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was they got three and move on. Good drive. Way to open the game. That's the way I looked at it. You are excited about next season. Is that the right word? Extremely. Extremely excited. Oh, you doubled down. Yep, extremely what, excited. What, if you have to pick one thing that makes you go from excited to extremely excited, was it? What is it? Because that's um, strong. Obviously the quarterback, but I think the young wide receivers. I think they got a chance to be the best receiving group in the league. No Whoa. doubt. Whoa! No, unless you got something better than that, we'll finish with that. Best receiving better. group in the league, no doubt. We'll talk more about that, you can bet. The Packers, extremely excited, says the doctor of football, Brian Bulaga. The Monday show, right, at Potawatomi? Yeah, can't wait. Greg Matzik, Gary Ellerson, they got good stuff. Might be better than this. Might be. Next. <laughs>